0: Hello and welcome to the Journalism.co.uk podcast with me, Jacob Granger. Today we look at some of the hottest topics in journalism. Well, what are they? Is it local news, digital strategy, or new ways to finance digital journalism? Maybe it's smart speakers, solutions journalism, or perhaps it's even blockchain. Well, you're in luck. Our news worldwide conference is covering all of these topics and it's quickly approaching on the 6th of March. We'd love to see you there and see if you can learn something to take into your newsrooms. On today's podcast, we'll be covering a few of those bases and giving you an idea of what's in store. So for me, one of the panels that I'm most looking forward to looks at financing digital journalism. There's lots of really interesting examples up for discussion on this panel. This includes micropayment strategies, blockchain powered digital advertising, and driving subscriptions through content hosting, as well as one of the standout crowdfunding success stories of 2018. I'm absolutely thrilled that we were able to get Jessica Best, Engagement Editor at The Correspondent on board this year, and she'll be sharing her insights into how they managed to raise two and a half million dollars to launch their English language counterpart late last year. Here's what she had to say beforehand
1: really important things from the Dutch experience. I think the things that we had in common were things like um, the Ambassador Programme, although that was uh, drastically ramped up for this particular uh, campaign. To give you an idea of why, when we launched in in the Netherlands, uh, Rob Weinberg, our founding editor, was reasonably well known in the Netherlands. He was somebody that people, especially in journalism, knew and that meant that he was able to command a certain amount of attention with the launch of The Correspondent. When we're going to an English language audience, unless you're kind of into the journalism discussions around sustainability and and audience engagement, you may have never, or you most likely have never heard of The Correspondent, um, and and don't have a sense of what The Correspondent as an antidote to the Daily News Grind means. And so we wanted to find a, a community of ambassadors who could help us spread that message to uh, communities who would be familiar with them um, and who had the same values as us. So although we had ambassadors for for the Dutch campaign, they were absolutely crucial for for this second one. And we ended up having around 100 ambassadors to to share our message from across different sectors. So that included writers and journalists, but also uh, scientists and actors and musicians, uh, activists across a range of areas of life. We tried to look at for ambassadors who resonated with one or more of our 10 founding principles. So were they a privacy campaigner? Did they have a history of making art that uh, represented the stories of uh, marginalized voices and communities? So looking down our kind of 10 founding principles and thinking, why would they want to back this? We weren't just after big names, we were after people who really bought in to the mission of what we were trying to do. Um, and then in terms of sort of very practical things, in, in the first six months of the campaign, uh, the first six months of the planning, we did have a kind of specially designed, what we called an online handshake for ambassadors, which kind of told them a little bit about what we do and had a kind of step-by-step kind of laying out what we hoped they would do for the campaign and what support we would give them. We actually found that it, it kind of wasn't super effective. Um, what was most effective was personal conversations, developing those relationships one-on-one, lots of time taken to have coffees with the people that um, we hope to bring on board as ambassadors. So it was in the end, it was really persistence and, and investing time in helping them to understand why they should want to, to support this and, and how to tell our story. Next, one of
0: the big emerging potentials are smart speakers or voice devices. We've got a range of speakers talking about how they're experimenting in this space, including... Nick Newman from Reuters Institute of the Study of Journalism, who has led much of the discussion around this topic. But we have plenty of other early investors and forward thinkers coming to speak to us. One of those is Chris Stone, video executive producer of The Evening Standard, who will talk to us about the revenue and editorial opportunities presented by Next Generation Devices and their innovation projects.
2: So The Evening Standard has been producing podcasts for a little while now as a a first foray into the audio space. And alongside that, we've been producing a daily news bulletin to go into Amazon Alexa as a flash briefing, but then also into um, Google Assistant Narrative News. And that has proven a very interesting experiment. But in addition to that, there is now a new opportunity presented through... Google's Next Generation News Experiences, which is a product that they are developing, which, you know, we, along with many other publishers, have been involved in a a global working group for a period of time to discuss the opportunities that their new product is going to present. And so we've started the process of a year-long innovation project to explore that space and explore the opportunities that are presented by um, the new product which is forthcoming and to find opportunities to make that work for publishers. They're working on a a next generation version of their narrative news product which is going to enable users to receive customised news feeds. So it's going to be curated by the Google Assistant voice and will be comprised of a number of single topic stories from multiple providers. The idea, I think, would be that rather than getting a, a series of five story bulletins from, you know, the BBC and the Evening Standard and CNN and Sky News and various others, you'll be getting a curated bulletin that starts with one provider on their top story or your top story. And then leads into a second provider and a third provider but there's sort of a playlist of single topic stories rather than a a bulletin which is kind of woven together at the publisher's end and it presents an interesting opportunity for publishers but also presents certain challenges and and the main kind of concern that i think most publishers have in that space is well how do we make that profitable where's the return on investment that's what we are trying to establish over the next year with this innovation project that we're working on how do we deliver content into this space how do we make that work for our audience as a really great user experience that is identifiable as the evening standard and creates kind of opportunities for onward journeys and also you know how do we make that work from a business perspective in terms of attracting some revenue how can we turn that into another revenue stream
0: I expect one of the sharpest learning curves for me on the day will be getting my head around blockchain. It's become such a buzzword for journalists without much sense of what it actually is and what it means for our industry. We have a whole host of panellists who will discuss its implications and applications, its benefits and its pitfalls. Hopefully this explainer from panellist Daniel Seberg, CEO of IO Technologies, will whet your appetite.
3: I would say for people who have that burning question of what is blockchain and probably more importantly, what is the value or more specifically, what is the value of blockchain for journalism? I might say, turn that question back on yourself for a second and ask yourself how you see the internet. Hmm. Now, this is a technological construct that we've all come to take largely for granted and its origins go back to the 1960s, 70s. I'm talking about the underpinning architecture that allows you and I currently to have this conversation, that allows anyone to consume any journalism. And in the way that the internet is this distributed, mesh, network, series of pipes and tubes, however people want to think about it it connects all of us through two tin cans and some string so fast forward to 2019 and all blockchain is is a societal or philosophical revolution pushback new way of thinking duh, 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 going back to the past way of unpacking the centralized nodes that rose up thanks to the World Wide Web. Okay, remembering that the internet and the web are two different technological constructs. They have different ways to talk to each other, different protocols, different software, hardware. Da da The best applications, if you want to tick some boxes in terms of how it relates to journalism, and if you think about that mental model, could be around identity. Right, Re- reimagining what it means to have a login, a password. Right? What if it's not managed by a centralized entity? What if you have, let's call it a fingerprint, that starts to feel like that's your identity no matter where you go? Why does it need to be stored anywhere except through some protocol that just knows who you are? Right? When you think about how your email gets to somebody else's email box, in the days in which my grandfather was a Canada Post worker, the mail went to the address that it was supposed to go to and it went from one building to another. It didn't matter what the building looked like or what the mailbox looked like or what the letter looked like. But in the world of email, you've got SMTP, which is a protocol. It just allows Gmail to send mail to Yahoo and vice versa or whatever. It's just a way that people can communicate with each other and the identity part of blockchain allows kind of a
0: reimagining of what that looks like. now that's just three panels on a day bursting full of great speakers and talking points if you want to find out about how one of the oldest german-speaking newspapers revamped their digital strategy then look no further coming all the way from zurich switzerland is ruben leuner to tell you about pay gates and text-to-speech features which has turned their business model around for more on significant local news projects and how solutions journalism is creating new revenue streams Head over to NewsRawired.com to grab yourself a ticket for our digital journalism conference on the 6th of March at Reuters HQ, Canary Wharf, London. Or if you fancy an extra day of training the day before on media law or visual storytelling for audio creators, perhaps the NewsAwide Plus deal is worth looking at. So that wraps up this week's podcast on journalism.co.uk. Thanks very much for tuning in at home. And of course, stay in touch with us on Twitter at NewsRawired using the hashtag NewsRW. Until next time.